The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Able to leap stereo speakers with a single mic. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Vince the Voice at Black Metal Matters. How you doing, everybody? I'm Black and I'm back and it is Black Metal Matters, the podcast designed to eradicate that stigma as it relates to mental health in our black community. Back with you. This is episode number 81. I know it's been a long time. I like to say since I left you with a dope beat to step to. Thank you so much for your support over the years and yes we could not let this uh, time continue without creating more conversations and that's what it's really all about we got to talk about these things you are not alone and uh, we're all facing it and maybe together we can have this group therapy session where we can make our lives much more better and uh, on this particular episode you know maybe you don't know but you will know that during this past pandemic black children they were hurt the most by the virus. It had a disproportionate impact on black and other children of color, which led to higher rates of severe cases, hospitalizations, and deaths that was caused by social and economic factors. All this as a result of a report that came out. We're going to discuss that because, you know, this misconception, it was a widespread belief that children were not as susceptible to COVID-19. Well, I'm telling you, the numbers show differently. So, hey, lock it in. It starts now. Black Mental Matters. Oh, where, oh, where has Makiba? <laughs> there she is! <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without further ado. Oh, <laughs> I know you weren't ready for that. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Makiba Reed Johnson and the crowd, as Aww. always, goes crazy. Hey, Makiba. <laughs> Hey, Vince, the voice. Oh, my gosh. Long time. Now, see. So, okay, wait. So, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Merry Christmas. Yes. Happy Kwanzaa. Yes, yes, Happy yes. New Year. Yes, happy yes. Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, All yes. of that. It's, hey. it's, it's, it's been a minute. Everything. You know, to, uh, the, the, on the date of this, it's uh, what your corporate taxes day. Happy corporate taxes day. I mean, we've missed a lot, but here we are, and we are back, and of course, we're black, and uh, it's Black Metal Matters, girl. Girl, I tell you what, yes. you know, even though we were on the hiatus, we still, you know, talked, and, and, and so many things that were going on over this time period. Some wonderful feedback from our listeners, Makiba. I was so surprised at how many people have found our episodes, because we were doing this before the pandemic, remember? Yeah. Yes, and, that's right. And a lot of those things that we talked about actually manifested themselves exponentially during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the loneliness, yes. the drinking, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, family dynamic, just everything, you know. Um, and yeah. so uh, it feels really good to, to be back and we definitely appreciate all of our great listeners. And hey, uh, we hope to bring you even more in store for uh, 24, <laughs> 23, 20, whatever. Yes. Uh, some exciting <laughs> things going on in the back and we'll let you know about that a little bit later. Oh. But, but again, yes. welcome back and 
<sighs> you know, this almost takes me the, the, uh, back to the beginning of, of why we did this. Of course, dealing with my own personal uh, family and uh, suicide. And even before that, it was or, or not before that. Uh, but during that also was the Katrina situation. And to share oh. with you before how I, I thought about those kids, you know, my family being my mom from New Orleans, everything. I was thinking about those kids and how nobody talked to those kids after they got stuck on, on oh. the bridge and in the Superdome and you know I heard family members talk about bodies floating down the street and yes. you know all kinds of stuff like that and now we got another I don't know what was more traumatic uh, that or COVID for our black mm-hmm. kids. No, absolutely, Vince. And, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Like we have not yet had like a collective conversation to address the concerns that black, especially black children yeah. that have been traumatized through yes. both of those events. And we just kind of feel like some of us, well, you know, that was then it was hard. We went through it, but now we're on the other side of it. And no, for, especially for children and, and the way that their brains are wired with how trauma impacts them there's got to be some conversations had absolutely well i'm so thankful um there was a article that came out or a report that was released by the black coalition against covid out of washington dc but they worked with our great institution here in uh atlanta the morehouse school of medicine and other hbcus Mm -hmm. and black health organizations and they put out this report the consequences of the covid19 pandemic for black children and it says hey particularly black children, children in general, but particularly black children experienced unprecedented stressors throughout the pandemic. So many things. Uh, they were out of school, you know, for how long was that? Almost two years or at least a year. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Out of school. So so uh, not only were they out of school, but then they were stuck in the house, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, and, 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 and of course, the biggest is that a lot of kids got sick. Uh, what was it? Over 18 percent of the COVID-19 cases uh, was uh, over what 14 million positive tests for children and uh, 1,500 lost their lives. Uh, and tragic. What, what makes it really tragic, though, that's two and a half times, two, 2.7 times more often than white children. Something right. was going on there. Absolutely. And especially, I believe the article also touched upon the fact that our, you know, a lot of our, our houses our homes are inter intergenerational. Yes. You know, so there may have been, you know, elderly grandparents there, you know, parents, kids, young children. So absolutely, you know, and especially with them being quarantined together and, you know, just how that impacted complete families. Absolutely there were those, you know, disparities that ended up happening tragically. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad that we're finally talking about it, though, Vince, yes. because we're on the other side of it. And yes. I was really happy when you sent me this report because a lot of the hesitancy with um, a lot of African-Americans with not feeling comfortable getting vaccinated or even yes. being open to the idea yes. of COVID treatment mm-hmm. was the, the fear of misinformation being experimented on. Yep. And what I loved that that this report actually came from 
a black source. It came from Morehouse School of Medicine. So this is a report and this is data that's coming from inside our own community. And that's why it has credence to it. And I'm really hoping that, you know, this will kind of move the needle on some things as well. That's right. That's right. Hey, full disclosure, I'm the president of the Booster Club. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm waiting on them. I don't want another shot. Hey, will you, y'all got some more of them shots? <laughs> We're going to take some shots tonight, baby. Because, uh, hey, I'm just going to tell y'all, you ain't going to kill me out here. Uh-uh. Um, and just like, just like you were saying, though, with the intergenerational, I can recall grandparents being scared of their grandkids. Oh, don't, don't, don't bring him over yeah. here. He out there playing. He going to the store. He ain't had no mask on. I saw them pictures of him. Families was tripping. Oh, where you been? Uh, you going to stay outside for seven days. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a swab from you and I'm going to holler at you. Kids <laughs> stand outside freezing to death. <laughs> said, right. oh, don't, bring, don't bring that little mouth breather up in here. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Don't let somebody sneeze. Oh, Lord. We was running right. for the hills. Oh, God. These things. Absolutely. Uh, so so can, right. you, can you imagine what's going on in the kids' minds and when they Aww. see us adults acting like that, you know, and, and like you say, the mis- and misinformation, uh, you know, here. you say, we, 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 yeah, the, the hesitancy. Oh, my gosh. You know, there was so much. Um, yeah. They was planting chips in you and uh, what else? What else do we hear crazy? <laughs> Make you glow. Make yeah, you make glow. You float. Uh, unfertile, <laughs> infertile, fertile. You know, you had 20 babies, man. All of them going to be crazy. <laughs> you know, if you get that shot. I mean, it was, it was, uh, we're laughing. And, uh, yeah. and because, you know, sometimes you got to make light of these things. But really, yeah. it was very, very serious. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, um, of course, the, the kids, the mental health of the children uh, was greatly affected. Uh, the anxiety. Think about, you know, the social because only way we were doing was zooming. We was everybody was zoom, zoom, zooming. And when nobody right. meeting each other person to person talking, you know, those kinds of things. Could you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then even with the kids being schooled at home during COVID, during the quarantine, a lot of kids did not have access to the Internet. Their parents may not have been been able to stay home with them. So there was a lot of disruption in their educational process as well. And there are some kids that are still struggling and trying to catch up with their coursework because of that. And who were already behind, let's tell the Um, truth, they was already behind. And now this situation has, uh, you know, just... Whew, accelerated uh, the gap more or less uh, uh, from where they should be. I'm not saying compared to any group, just where they should be as to where they really are right now. Um, right. Uh, I know it was uh, just, oh, and all kinds of, uh, you heard so many uh, more kids with uh, suicide. Uh, yeah. You know, kids just acting out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, their, their physical health, not going outside. I, yes. I, I'm working on that right now. I tried to put on, you know, you know, I, I just came from this cruise recently, and one of yes. the one of the nights was a white suit night. So I pulled this white suit out of my closet, girl. That thing fit like Uh-oh. panties. <laughs> <laughs> like I had through those two, two small panties. I, like, I could not put t- because I've been Wait. sitting. I've been sitting for two years, two and a half oh, years already. watching Netflix. <laughs> you know, I can tell you every episode of every show. 
but I could not get because my physical health has changed. And I mean, really, it has changed. Yeah. All the pressure and all that, you know, more medications now, the mm-hmm. hand hurt. Uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> yes. No, you're absolutely 100% right. COVID was very disrupted to a lot of people just with being able to exercise, right. access to the gyms, you know, being able to go out and just move or walk or work out during the day. People were home. And I mean, and not only are we now still playing catch up with physical health, but, you know, mental health, too. There was a lot of anxiety, especially in the South, because just different, depending on where you live live in Georgia, or you could have actually been in parts of Georgia where nobody had a mask on. And right. if you did wear a mask, you know, some, sometimes somebody would say something to you about why you have a mask on. Right. And this was during the pandemic. Right. So there's been a lot of anxiety, just a lot of back and forth, a lot of misinformation, a lot of non-information. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad that we're finally talking about uh, this. Yeah. And I was so happy for Morehouse School of Medicine to be the ones to put out this report. Well, Loved it. Satcher, remember the former... Uh, uh, Surgeon General, you know, uh, yeah. this great institute that's there. But, you know, when you said that, I flashed back. I know there was a couple times because, you know, we was uh, like the we always had on masks. And then you'd be in the store. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember going off on this old man when I turned around. Hey, man, you need to bag up, dude. You know, I, I was a Home Depot or something. I, was, I felt bad after the fact. But, I mean, it was like you, you could almost feel breath on your back of your neck. Hey, hey. <laughs> You know, yes. <laughs> we, we didn't know how it was uh, being spread and everything. So right. just hey, bag up, wash your hands, do something. Yeah, but, but get 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 back from me. Um, right. <laughs> and, and, and like you say, there was a lot of people that was angry uh-huh. because you were wearing a mask. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and and that was actually happening also within the black community. I know that a lot of black people, understandably, were saying, "Well, how do we know that this?" is real you know how do we know you know so i mean there so there's a lot of education that needs to be going on now because there are still people that still are hesitant to get vaccinated because they they just they don't trust any information out there just when you talk about the family again a part of the report that oof, there were two hundred thousand children that were left orphaned Aww. as a result of a death of a primary caregiver they were of racial or ethnic minority so black children made up uh, what 45 percent in the state of Georgia, 45 percent of those affected by losing a parent or caregiver to uh, COVID. 12,000 children. That was 45 percent of all uh, that lost was uh, was black kids. And uh, I mean, that could you imagine as a as a young child, you know, losing a parent? One in some cases you heard of 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 almost complete families. I recall it started uh, here in Georgia uh, with uh, some funerals down in Albany, Georgia. You know, there was a couple of funerals that took place and it was like what they call a super spreader. Uh, yeah. that, that then went out into the entire community. Uh, another, another, another thing that was very obvious was the amount of gun violence that came as a result of of COVID amongst children. Mm. Almost a thirty percent increase in gun violence amongst children and adolescents. Oh. More than twice the increase in the general population. We down here in the South experienced it the most. 
I don't know if it was, you know, watching uh, the television, being angry, uh, access mm-hmm. to the guns because he was in the house. I don't know what happened, but um, it, it, it was a reality that uh, is is very, very unfortunate. And, and Absolutely. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then that then has an impact on the, you know, incarceration, you know, I mean, you know, black kids that are involved in that type of activity are oftentimes incarcerated at a very young age. So So absolutely. Yeah. Like this is, this is something serious that we definitely need to be talking about. We got locked up. Like you said, we got locked up more Then you were in jail and people had COVID in the jail. So Mm -hmm. then it was letting people out because of COVID in the jail. (laughs) It was a mess. Think about it. People. I mean, you say we, 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 like you said, Hey, we're on the backside of it, but I don't know. I think we just not feeling the results of it. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You, you actually, actually have a, a really valid point there. Yeah, th- this is the aftermath. You're absolutely right. You have a valid point. The results. Yeah. So, right. so of course, uh, with this podcast and, and in our lives, we don't want to just harp on all these are the problems. Of course, we want to find some solutions. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of also this report is that they do identify some action steps to take uh, as it relates to these various uh, areas that we talk of. One, uh, and I know you agree with this, Miss Public Health uh, Superstar, <laughs> health uh, uh, and access to health care for our young uh, folks, for our black families out here. Uh, yes, 100 percent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we need to start addressing some of the barriers to the, you know, to access to health care. I mean, which can be anything from financial to, you know, having housing insecurity, issues with transportation. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it's definitely uh, obvious the health and well-being of the children intimately tied to the health of their parents. So, yes. again, this is a whole family affair. That's how we're going to help our children by taking care of ourselves. So, again, yes. one one thing we got to put the focus on is health is an increase in health and access to health care. Another, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to think about what's going on in Georgia. I know that there was in the legislature, uh, this this new, I guess, some monies was put towards uh, mental health care. But we definitely got to increase mental health care so, uh, services, counseling services, those kinds of things for our black uh, kids moving forward. Based upon just beyond what we just what, all that laundry list uh, that we talked about, they need yeah. it anyway. Yes, no, they absolutely do, and and we can't keep seeing it as being something that's optional right. or something that we'll get to eventually. Like these are things that we need to start making sure that we give our kids access to right now, because the longer you wait, the harder it is yes. to actually address these kinds of concerns, especially when they're children. Yes, absolutely. Mental health care, but I also I have always, you know, with the counselors and one of the NPR uh, programs I was listening to, the numbers was was so crazy. It was like uh, oh, in one area there was like one counselor for every seven hundred students. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, right. now, now, now that that means you may see that person once in the four years that you in high school. Right. Yeah. And then you're not even taking into account cultural competency. You know, do you have therapists that look 
my experience. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking mental health care, uh, but just how do you navigate your way through life period, which, which is what this show is about, but what, what, what counselors are about in the schools? I mean, okay, mm. uh, uh, little Makiba, you good. You like to help people. I see you on the playground. You may want to get into health care, you know, something, somebody that's going to help guide yeah. you. We need that for our kids, folks. We need that uh. for our kids. Parents, especially today with new technologies and things i gotta hand it to them these kids they're still they're doing their thing it's different than what we did so we need somebody that that can help our parents help their kids you know yeah and and i don't believe that this was georgia i forgot the state that it was but i do know that that there have been some school districts that have outsourced their mental health services Hmm. more students so they're actually going through external resources because one school counselor can't handle 2,000 kids. You're absolutely right. No, I think and that was one of our uh, initial uh, goals. You know, we talked about getting more uh, young people and, and I, I want to, uh, mm. I was in Chicago recently and uh, working with a great organization the uh, uh, New Age Services Center, and uh, they oh. had they had some some young counselors. Well, they're all about uh, uh, addiction services and things like that uh, for for the community there. But uh, some of the therapists, a the young lady, I was so impressed. I was so happy to see her. You know, in her t- young twenties, uh, serving as a counselor, a ther- she had her oh. license and everything. And uh, we need more of that. We need more of our young people uh, getting into this field. It is a yeah. Yes. can be a lucrative field. We just have to uh, point and, and make <laughs> opportunities, whether that's scholarships or something, to get our young mm-hmm. people into this uh, world of mental health and therapy, that kind of thing. Okay, we already know, I think, what, two between 2 and 3% of all mental health professionals in the U.S. are Black. Wow. And if that is the case, then there need to be incentives that you know, encourage students, I mean, scholarships, I mean, something to encourage students that want to get into that space, you know, to actually make it more accessible to them, make it, you know, easier for them. I mean, because we are definitely not closing that gap right now. And that that is something that hopefully, as we start normalizing the conversation with mental health, we will see those changes. One change that I have seen in the last two to three years, though, Vince, is I am now seeing where mental health advocacy and awareness, that there's so much awareness and advocacy and people talking about mental health that it's actually gone above and beyond the actual um, supply. So there are more people talking about it than there are providers and services, which might be a good thing right now, because then that's going to help drive systems in place to start, you know, hiring more therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists particularly providers of color that's really important wow well that that's almost like uh it sounds to me you know now that we you first you have to accept that you have an issue because you know before yeah. hell no man i'm just a little you know a little tired or something you know we yeah, ain't that wrong with me what you talking about go talk to dr mckee right. uh-uh, oh no, man she's gonna mess my head up you know we, we, we would downplay uh mental health Ooh. but now we're realizing after you know being locked up in the house being alone 
phone, all these mm. other things that have taken place. Oh, I need some help in processing this stuff. So, yes, you're right. Yes. It's good that we are recognizing finally that uh, mental health assistance is is a good thing and and is something that is been needed for a long long time long time absolutely and i think that we that we've also talked about that in the past um that's about how necessary it is for black people to understand that we just not just black people humanity in general we used to live in tribes and villages, we were close-knit communities. And when something happened, when there was a death, we all mourned together. When there was something celebratory, we all celebrated together. We are now in a society and an environment where we're trying to process big loads of emotional weight by ourselves. ourselves. Yes. Yeah, and that's what makes it so hard is when you in your mind are going through the worst time in your life and then you get out in the world and everybody else is just kind of going on about their business. Nobody else is really plugged into what you're going through. There's no dialogue about it. There's no affirmation of it. There's no mirroring of it. There's no talking about it. And it's just you and your problem. That's why therapy is so important. It's because it allows you to share the load with another person that's actually trained in that area to kind of give you the direction. So that's the analogy that I like to use. It's taking the place of the village. And that's why it's important for that therapist to be able to connect with you culturally. Well, and how much is that magnified when we're talking about children? I mean, if, uh, how much, uh, you know, the information that they have to process and, and uh, deal with and, and that there was no one there to talk Aww. to them about it. And, uh, yeah. and you know, just exponentially. Uh, I've used that word so many, many times, uh, probably more in this past half hour than I have in a long, but that is what this COVID mm. did. It just brought everything to the forefront. So yes, vividly so for those out there i'm glad you 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 talked about that if there are some uh scholarship programs or anything like that you want to help get that message out please let us know so that we can through our outreach uh efforts be able to to spread Mm -hmm. because it does take a village it's going to take someone out there who has some information to pass it on to us and we pass it on to you and then you pass it on that's how that village works not being on your own we are not here on our own you you touched on some i mean it, it, the list goes on and on but as we we talk about what do we do after the fact we definitely need an agenda because it has affected our you said housing early our food security you know lots of folks are already um you know struggling financially you don't think this pandemic because we were those mm. those those uh, what did they call the workers that had to be there? They had a term essential for, workers. Essential yes. workers. We were essential workers, um, and then those places, a lot of those closed down. Then you know what happens after that? There's a lot that we need to address post pandemic and uh our children are probably the biggest because that's our that's our future there's no getting around it no getting around it oh yes absolutely and 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 also when we're talking about our the children and them being the future and when we are thinking about the um gap where there aren't a lot of of therapists of color it's i think it's really important for parents to start having conversations about encouraging students to study mental health to to, to study yeah. psychology to, you know to actually i mean there are, i have i have talked to so many students that have been discouraged by their families because they wanted to study psychology mm. or psychiatry because it's not seen as 
a lucrative career that people are like excited about at an early age. But if we start having conversations about that, I mean, we can change that and to also encourage people to learn about psychology and to study about psychology and not just study it to to impose it and to apply it to someone else, to study it, to understand yourself and how your mind works and what stress is and how to combat stress. We don't do that. And I think that's equally important. Wow. You you are so right. You will discover so much about yourself if you do that. You know, not Mm -hmm. not in this arena, but in the work work arena and and started reading up and I'm like, oh, wow. So that's why I do that. And it it gave credence credence to why you do things a certain way. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And like what habits might, you know, not be healthy for you, things that you need to change. Absolutely. So we're going to, uh, again, be looking forward to uh, working with our communities out here of color, of all, but uh, particularly in this uh, um, arena of mental health and therapy and things like that, because I consider this time that I have with you on the airwaves. This is a, a therapy session for me right now, Makiba. It Aww. helps me get things out. And, yeah. And, and, me too. And, and, and what are we doing? As you always say, we're talking about it. We're yeah. we're, 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 we're put, pulling the sheets back. We're saying, hey, yeah. this, and, and guess what? Nothing happened as a result of, of opening up and being vulnerable to say, hey, Aww. I need some help or, or, you know, nothing bad has happened. <laughs> and I've been doing it now for three years on the air. <laughs> uh, yes, and you've been doing a good job and you have brought so much awareness to this important topic. Vince, so thank you for continuing to do this. We really appreciate you. Well, we're going to continue to do it, Makiba, and I'm so glad to have you back in Black with me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Same. once again, you can go to our website. It's uh, blackmentalmatters.com. Uh, email is info at blackmentalmatters.com and the social media that you have LinkedIn on fire and uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook. We will be black in just a moment, just like before, even harder, everybody. So uh, we just thank you so much for this time. And hey, whatever you do, you know, let's 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 do it well. And let's, uh, you know, because our, our black mental minds do matter. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Vince. Thank you. We'll see you next time. This is Makiba Reed Johnson for Black Mental Matters, and this is Makiba's Mindful Moment. So when we're talking about anxiety versus stress and clearing your mind, a lot of people ask, well, how do I do that? That sounds hard. So the way that I try to get people to be introduced to this is I ask them to close their eyes, to take a deep breath, and to ask yourself who you are. So just ask, who am I? And when you ask, who am I? You're gonna probably have a list of identities. For myself, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, I'm an educator, I'm an advocate, etc., etc. And now when you ask yourself, who are you outside of those identities? Who are you without those labels? What's left? That's who you really are. <laughs> 